0: recording in progress <laughs> hey everybody uh welcome back to uh the talks with thompson podcast i'm rj thompson thank you for uh tuning in and, and listening or if you're on youtube watching um i am with uh a colleague of mine whom i don't recall if we've ever met in person but i don't I think feel, we have i Just feel like we should have yes
1: um, i'm sure we will when <laughs> we all are in person again
0: yes <laughs> i i i hope so. um, My guest today is Abby Guido. Uh, She is a a design professor at Temple University, and um, she's also the host of her own design podcast, not in competition with me. We work together (laughs) in this podcast community. We're we're brothers and sisters My podcast is
1: all about collaboration, so we better work together. (laughs) That's right.
0: That's right. Uh, Her podcast is called uh, Design Together, and um, she can talk a little bit about that. Uh, throughout the episode um, and certainly at the end I'll, I'll ask you to point some, some references to where students and other folks can tune in. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Abby uh, I'm really interested in in your particular background. Uh, I, I see that you have an MBA. I do. Yeah. Do you have an MFA?
1: I do not have an MFA. Okay, so yeah. uh,
0: I, I love the fact that that you have a business background and your tenure track in graphic design. How, how did that I, I, come to be? I,
1: I, I hope all my reviewers love that too. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, they should. They absolutely I, should. I
1: think they should too. <laughs> um, so I, I had my uh, BFA and I actually was teaching as an NTT. So at Temple, that's non-tenure a non-tenure track. track. Um And and non just means you have no opportunity of getting tenure in this position. And um, also being an employee of a university, I was fortunate enough to have tuition remission and be able to go back to school. I would say, I don't want to say that I know everything about design because I don't think we ever know everything about anything. And so I I think that of course I would have a lot of value in going back to design school and and further exploring design topics. Um, but a combination of not being able to be a student in my own program and, and also, uh, just interest in business. I started my own business, uh, over 10 years ago. And I always think that there's a, uh, funny thing that happens to designers because most of our backgrounds are art, right? Like a lot mm-hmm. of us, we grew up loving to draw and it led us to art school. And for one reason or another, we fell in love with design, hopefully. And we went that way. Um, and then we get thrown into the business world mm-hmm. and right. It's not about just drawing by yourself on your bed. Now you're selling ideas and and learning about how other businesses work. So I thought there would be a lot of value in me having an education background in business and understanding how do these folks learn as well, because I'm working with them all the time.
0: And so I'm glad you said all that, because a large portion of my conversation right now in all the different aspects of my professional life kind of tether around uh, completely If the Venn diagram. I'm in the center design and marketing on are the circles. Um, but I so... I'm teaching in a variety of different classes and I, I make an impassioned plea to my design students. You need to get a lot of good, grounded, biz- practical business experiences, applications to broaden your range as, mm-hmm. as a designer. Because to your point, you're going to graduate and get thrown right into uh, the mix.
1: Yeah. And I not even you- think for the students to be in class with business yeah. students like it's just a different vibe and it's good to have that experience.
0: Well, you, I'm glad you said that because um in my experience, I've taught a lot of business minors or uh business majors design minors. Okay. And and those particular folks like their aesthetic is solid. It's good. It, the strategy is is sound and and very broad but and comprehensive their approach to design is on a completely different level than a designer's approach to design.
1: Sure. Sure. And
0: I found that uh, like the, the business majors, they approach design as a communications problem Mm -hmm. and the designers approach design as a design problem. Right. And so I've always enjoyed um, teaching business students and marketing students in particular um, how to do design.
1: Yeah. I I always like also even how they present. You know, I think that a lot of at yeah. least my experience at, at uh, the Fox School of Business, which is part of Temple, you know, they are very prepared. Like you know, when they're going in to share their idea, they're ready to share that idea. And and I think that the design students struggle a little bit there, where you know, I. I I like to look at it, you know, from the empathetic way of your design work is part of you, right? Like you're creating. And so there's a personal connection. And so sometimes it feels like you're putting yourself out there for all the criticism. And then it makes it hard to really sell what you're thinking. But the business students, they have that part down. So they might not have the design skills, but they're going to sell you whatever they did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that that's calling to mind an experience I had a few years back where, Uh, I make my my student projects very layered uh, with the intent of replicating as best as I can all of the different kinds of concerns you would have in professional practice. So for example, the project was you you designers have to essentially invent your own um, food truck restaurant situation. You have to design the menu, you have to... Think of the food that's on the menu. You have to do all of these very fine details, Mm -hmm. right? And then at the end, you have to pitch it uh, as if I were an investor. So I'm trying to give them that experience. And to your point, um, the business students always just had the the better presentation. Yeah. Um, You know, one additional thought to that is I actually made the students make an entree or a meal from their proposed (laughs) concept. Um, it was delicious and everyone was very, very happy, uh, <laughs> in, especially in Youngstown where like homemade pizza is a really big deal. Like it was great. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so another thing that I that's been on my mind is I feel that in some cases um, that so it's a very small niche of marketing and business students that take design Mm -hmm. as like either a dual major or a minor. And then designers don't necessarily do that, but they end up getting thrown into marketing work by people. So they're at a disadvantage when when they go into uh, the professional world. But um, one thing that, and I don't think it's true, but my experiences have been leading me around this path is that designers obviously have aesthetics down, Mm -hmm. they got that. And it's not much of a stretch for them to be able to do social ads and read Google analytics and do some of the marketing tasks. Right. But then when you flip that paradigm, you know, all the marketers can do all the social and analytics and all that stuff, but it's harder for them to understand uh, a design aesthetic, a style, like they can't develop it. So it's not like it's reverse compatible.
1: No. And so that that means we have this unique opportunity. A- yes. And I like to talk to my students a lot about that. That, you know, I think that design leads us to many other paths as options because we are creative problem solvers. And that, you know, ability can be applied to so many different facets. But yes, like the aesthetics and to a certain extent, like I also think that if a designer has, you know, let's say beginning level aesthetics, let's call it. Like, you know, I, I think that you can learn that, right? You can learn yeah. that on the job. You learn that with experience. You go through plenty of projects and that that gets built. Um, but some of the skills on the other hand, in, in the same way, some of those presentations, some of those business negotiation, like you have to learn those too. And so the earlier you can start to somehow incorporate that into what you're working on. And I, I love your project you gave. Um, we do something similar is that it, it forces the students to start thinking and, and maybe their business model really won't work, you know, like maybe it's not financially going to work, but they're, they're even starting to think about that, that that is a consideration you have to make. I think it's important to bring that in earlier in, into design education. So students mm-hmm. are aware of what they, they need to know to get out.
0: Right. And so in in some respects, like the, the business and the marketing angle for design students is a, is an acquired taste. And you and I are trying to be like, it can't be a, like you have to get in. You into have to now. have it, yes. Grow <laughs> in now. And uh, I, I love the fact that you you mentioned entrepreneurship because um, I'm a huge proponent of entrepreneurship. And designers especially they need to be entrepreneurs um so i i make it a point to have many lectures about the practical business back end of design and then also here's literally how you start your own company um i'm on my fourth llc i sold the the other three and um I will always be an entrepreneur. Like I caught the bug. I'm just looking for the next thing to do. Right. <laughs> and, um, the students that, that we have, when they graduate, they're still going to be doing freelance. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have students that have graduated long ago that are reaching out to me, asking about contracts and, and stuff like that. And it's not
1: yeah. always crazy. I get that. And they're like, we don't, how much am I supposed to get paid? Like they're right. so head down focused on developing their work and their portfolio, but mm-hmm. there is this other world out there that can, can be brought into those projects. So I don't think it has to be taken. I don't think we have to take away. And I think that's a conversation we get stuck in this path a lot where people say, well, if we're going to teach that, what are we not going to teach? Like we're already so packed with so many things. And I I don't think it has to be an either or. I think you can bring some of that in. Like throw into one of your projects that the students all have to do time tracking and have to bill you, right? Like it's it's not that much more work and you're not changing the project, but now they have to think about making an invoice and they haven't thought about that. What goes on an invoice? And you can kind of um, more casually have some of those conversations and weave them into things instead of, thinking you have to remove in order to add.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you walk students through like a contract and an invoice and stuff like that? So
1: we have a a business of design course um, that that hopefully the the goal is to make it required as part of the major. Right now, it's just an elective, but we have grown the sections because it's getting more popular. A few years back, uh, we did a survey of our Um, younger alumni. And one of the main issues they brought up was that they wish that that was part of the curriculum. Like they missed out and the students that got it had that experience. So it is not all the students, but I do teach a section of that class sometimes. So I do, but then I find myself all the time. I, I just had one last week, a student who's freelancing and is like, do I send a contract? Like, what do I do? So, and I think that we're doing them a disservice by not letting them know, you know?
0: I try, yes. Yeah, so I'm glad you covered that. And uh, I try to cover those topics in every class I teach, regardless of what the class is. Um, it's important to me that my students get hired either before they graduate or immediately after and that is obviously not the case now and really historically it's it's never really been like that for graphic designers some of them you know just prefer to take their time find freelance gigs here and there some of them you know they enter the industry and say you know what this is too competitive for me and they go do other things and that's fine and it's in that last case that I'm I really want to give students the tools that they need to feel empowered to still do their work to be designers without having to have that design job it's like you can still be a designer you don't need that design job to have that identity
1: that's where i think that idea of like that we're creative problem solvers and that that voice is needed everywhere and so even though we're learning a certain set of design skills and a certain set of software and tools, um, there's definitely ways to promote yourself and to network so that you know that you can still provide a service if it's not design, it could be anything else.
0: Um, you know, it, it just I just had like a memory blip into my brain here. I think you'll appreciate it. So um, one of the projects that, that I had done in a class was they... They had to do an ad campaign for a real client, and and that's one thing I try to do a little bit differently uh, in comparison to our peers, where they may have a lot of fictional projects. If if I can help it, I will always have like a legitimate client for any given Which is
1: project. It's huge! It's huge to have a real yeah. client.
0: And, and it is absolutely critical to be able to have to work with other people, especially in that client respect. So nevertheless, um, we, we would bring in a a client, small business or a nonprofit, low stakes kind of situation. Um, and I would split the the class into groups and they would be their own agency. Right. And then they would do these ad campaigns and then they would present to the client. Right. Well, in the process of designing these ad campaigns, and, and this is like, the students at one time called me evil, but <laughs> it was such an informative lesson for them. I told them that over the course of like a, a month period that you are, your groups represent a specific agency. You can call it whatever you want, but I have the discretion to move people from one group to the other, <laughs> basically trying to simulate the, the competitiveness of the industry. So if I've got a, if I have a group of like four really great designers, I'm going to obviously split them up across the different groups. So it raises the, the quality of the work sure. across all the groups. Um, so I would, I would do that. And sometimes I would do it at like the worst time <laughs> to the worst people. So it could either be like, hey, you've got, you've got a, a critique deadline coming up and oh, you're in class, but we start in an hour. I would wait 59 minutes in and then say, okay, I'm taking you, you're going over here. And as they- Maybe, leave, maybe that was a little evil. Well, as they <laughs> leave, they, they have to take their files with them. So what that means is that that team that lost the designer, they've got to figure out what to do. So this actually helps them operationally say like, okay, we're gonna set up a Dropbox shared amongst everyone that way if this guy leaves or if I have to leave everything's intact so it makes them more strategic on that operational level and it 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 infuriates them to no end and there was one other case where I took a good designer away from a group for like two weeks and then put them back and oh my god it was so much fun and the students you know, they hated it, but what ended up happening was I had some of those students graduate and say like, you know what? I'm so glad you did that because I run a team of freelancers and I'm hearing all the time that they're getting interest from other agencies. So I have to lock that down.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, I, I no regrets. I'm not <laughs> apologizing for that. <laughs> students, if, if you have me for class now, it's coming.
1: <laughs> I might steal it, too.
0: Please do. Oh, yes, absolutely. Steal
1: it.
0: So um, I, I wanted to, to, you know, kind of pick your brain a little bit further about um, being a designer and then building in that business backend. And And I have a sort of interesting sort of path. Uh, that I can reference. And that would be, uh, be of my own. So, you know, I've, I've been a, I'm a design entrepreneur. I'm a graphic designer. I've been a designer since I was 11 years old. So my entire life. And I just within the past two years, I transitioned out of full-time design teaching and I run marketing for uh, the business colleges at Pitt right now. So like I'm in full on marketing mode, but I don't have any of that formal training. So it's all practice based. So um, I have uh, some methods on how I had to learn how to do those things. But I'm curious what, what your thoughts are given your unique background. How do you cultivate as a designer, how do you cultivate those marketing specific practices uh, or things you need to know on that practical level.
1: Sure, sure. I, I think one thing that's important to remember, especially for the the students listening, is that, you know, sure, there's probably, you know, a classmate or two that seem like they have it all together already. But for many of us, it, it comes with time, right, and experience. And, and I, I like to tell a story. You know, I, I think that one thing that's really helpful that helped my career was working in small studios when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have access to everything and you're involved in every step of the process. And so from learning how to run a business and learning marketing, you know, being one of four people in a studio, you have to know it. And so I I think that that was very helpful, but I I can remember sitting in meetings um, with my uh, old boss, who's now a really good friend, John Clotney at Opto design in New York. And I can recall him, you know, presenting our design to the client. And I can remember sitting back there and going, I will never be able to do that. Like he just was, I I hate to say smooth, but it was just so smooth. Like he instantly, no matter how much he knew this person, or if they were a new client, they felt like they were his best friend just within the first five minutes. Like he just had that presence that I thought was who he was. I just was like, that's just John. And that will never be me. And I just, I, you know, looking back now, it seems so naive to think that way because it was just because I was 22, you yeah. know, and I hadn't done it already three, four or 500 times. And so I, I think that something is really just important for everyone to know when you're starting out is that. You don't have to have the fancy job title when you're in your 20s. You don't have to be at the most competitive place. Like that's not what's going to set you up for success for your life. Um, Find the places to be where you're going to learn the skills that you need to acquire. So if you're graduating from a design program and, and you don't have those businesses, marketing skills, look for a job where, you know, you're going to have contact with those people that are doing those things. Um, so I, I think that, that that's something really important. Um, and, you know, I think reading lots of books and, and learning from what other people are doing is, is of value. It's, you know, we're in a time where there's so much you can get.
0: Are you asking a designer to read a book?
1: (laughs) Audiobooks count too.
0: (laughs) Yes, Um, they do. (laughs) I I
1: don't say I don't say you know say audiobook, but usually I mean listen to a book. Um, But there there is so much information out there, and I know that can also get overwhelming. But then find someone who you really respect and has those skills, and say, "RJ, you know, I want to learn a bit more about marketing. Like, what do you think?" And ask people for help. It's it's okay. You know,
0: and I, I agree with everything you said. And uh, to accentuate that, um, when your early career, it's all about just doing good work and, and getting yourself into into trouble. And by that, I mean, like, you know, willingly going to your boss or supervisor or someone else and saying, like, I just want to know. I just want to know how to do it and like purposely involving yourself in that.
1: yeah. Sometimes
0: that, yeah, go ahead.
1: And be somewhere like that. Like I've had students who say, well, like, you know my boss is just so secretive. Like they won't let me like see anything. I don't know what a proposal looks like that, you know say, first thing is ask, like explain why you want to be involved. And and if they're not, then that might not be the right fit. And and I think that that's important for students to know too that you're not stuck somewhere like something's not working, then you make the effort to make a change and that's okay too.
0: Yeah. To do good work, you need good mentors. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. If if it becomes apparent to you that you're in an agency or in-house situation and you're, you're treated like a means to an end, like this, these images need process. Just do it. Like you're not going to be there for very long. You want to go somewhere where not only you're valued, but where you can create value. And, and I think ultimately that drives good work to be done. And the more informed and more experienced the designer or the marketer is, the better their work is gonna be. They're gonna be more efficient. They're gonna be more sensitive to concerns that may not seem relevant, but absolutely are um, smart people. And, you know, for for me so like you know uh we're both in like the aiga circle we're very familiar with that group um one of the things that i did when i was younger fresh even before i graduated college i was on the aiga pittsburgh chapter board. that's awesome and like i got to really under network to the extreme. I mean, uh, I we meant, could talk
1: about networking for another hours and hours, but yeah,
0: you know, like the AIG portfolio reviews. I had two of the biggest names in Pittsburgh review my book and tell me they love my work. And it was like, right at that minute, I realized like, this is what I was meant to do. Like, this is where I need to be. But you know, from that point in time in 2007 till now, uh, where uh, as a matter of fact, today, uh, the new slate of board of directors is being voted on for the American uh, Marketing Association, of which I'm on at. So like you can transition between these two groups and double up on your on your networking. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's important, too. I, I feel like there was a long time where marketing was a dirty word and advertising was a dirty word to designers and and i'm really happy that it it feels like those walls are being broken down
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah i i love the fact that they're kind of a blended discipline at this point um i i feel that designers bring such a fresh perspective to marketing Mm -hmm. um And it's largely because of the creative problem solving, the aesthetic background, how you solve problems, like we solve problems by drawing them versus another method. Um, but inversely, the same is true. For exactly. I mean, that's the thing. On.
1: Marketers come in and share their knowledge of a problem and and how they would approach it. And I think that having those two different perspectives, you know having the person who's thinking very visually as a solution and having someone who's thinking a little more analytically coming together will create a better solution.
0: So, Abby, why is it that you and I are on the same page, we're talking about the same things, and that at the core and the center of that Venn diagram is essentially an academic program that is half design, half marketing. Why can't that be a program or a degree somewhere? Why doesn't that exist? Why are they two separate things?
1: It's a good question. Let's figure <laughs> it out together. I don't know. You and I, I- yeah,
0: We're going to collaborate and figure it out and then tell you, tell everyone how we did it on your podcast.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much that has gone into what, you know, higher education is in our country right now. And, and I think, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the feeling of needing to be successful and bring in money to succeed. Like, I think that the, you know, the money drive of education has hurt all of us and has made us not have the opportunity for more innovation in how we're teaching it and what these different areas of expertise are. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is just like the structure of how finance works. I mean, it's unfortunate, um, yeah. but I don't think it's impossible. So, and, and I, I, I think it's a topic of conversation now where I don't know if it was as much in this direction years ago. So I have hope that it, it is going to change and evolve and, and hope to be a part of that.
0: So I'm at a university, I could get my MBA for free. What do you think? Should I do it? Um, <laughs> Just a trick question because I don't have the time. Uh, <laughs>
1: I, I, you know what I would say if you haven't taken a negotiation class, that was my favorite. So if you can just take a class, those classes are so much fun to take.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have taken a negotiation yeah. class actually. For anyone listening, and if
1: you can take a business class, take a negotiation class.
0: Yeah, audit that crap if you can. Yeah. Uh, who cares about credits? Like the 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 return you'll get just in like negotiating better contracts, better pay schedules, all of that. But Buying
1: absolutely. a car, a mattress. Yeah. <laughs> Ab-
0: absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's got it's got application well beyond just uh, career.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, let's let's switch gears a little bit um, because one of the things, it, and we mentioned it earlier, was like a lot of students feel like they're missing that practical sort of background, right? Um, they got philosophy for days for, with marketing, with business, with design, but it's the, the practical details that, um, that they're not getting for whatever reason. What are some of the like baseline sort of practical tips and tricks, uh, practice like standard practices that, that you think they should know before they get that first job?
1: It's a, it's a really great question. Cause I, I think about this so much myself um, with my business. I'm often hiring students that as interns or that just graduated and looking at their files and teaching them the right way of setting stuff up. And, and I, I'm okay with that. Like, I think some of it, like, so you don't, you know, perfectly use style sheets until you work on a 200-page book if that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like or, you know, your prototype won't actually function that way when you work with a developer and develop it. And I'm okay that there's some things that you're just not going to learn until you're actually producing work. But yeah. I think there's some skills that you could have. I think one of the really important skills to show a potential employer is that you're capable of learning new technology. And yeah. And I, I, I know that companies out there all are using their own, you know, different software, different approaches, have their different systems. But I think you can show that you're adaptable by showing what you've used in your own work. So, you know, if you want to get into UX, use all the programs. Do yes. one in XD, do one in Figma, learn Sketch. Like, so learn a bunch. You might not be an expert in any of them. You might just have a little knowledge, but show that you're able to pick it up. And, and it comes back to the
0: age old axiom uh, with four designers, you got to know a little about a lot. Yes,
1: yes. Yep. And, and you had to figure out a way of showing that. Um, I also, I, I I've have, this is why I started the podcast. I think that there's so much value in the non design skills for designers. And I think mm-hmm. that's something else that they can be working on. Um, some of that we talked about with the networking, yeah. but you know, you're showing your value as an employee not only with your portfolio; it's with everything you have. So, okay. you know, your name will be googled. So, if you're writing articles on Medium, those might come up. You know, your LinkedIn profile is getting looked at. So, all of these other things you can do. Um, as for design skills. Yeah, you know, know the basics, know the software. You should understand how to use Photoshop, Illustrator, and Design. Those are givens. If you're getting into UX, you should know Sketch. You should know, you know, if you want to use XD, that's fine too. You should understand how prototyping software works.
0: Um, you know, my first internship ever um, was back in 2005, 2006, actually. And one of the first things that the art director at the time said to me, he wrote down uh, two numbers. It was like 10 slash 14. He points out, he's like, do you know what that means? I'm like, well, I think you're referring to kerning and leading measurements. He's like, exactly. You're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I asked that of all interns and almost all of them get that wrong. And so like, it could even be just a tiny little detail, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't really affect your job performance, but what it does is it affects your communication performance,
1: yeah. right?
0: So like that art director basically said, he, he, at the end of the internship, he said, that was when I knew like that first impression, I knew I could give you just a little bit more to do and as those challenges became more challenging, I gave you a little bit more slack because you're doing more complex work. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget that.
1: That's really uh, funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so- I also
1: think knowing, knowing design firms, like being current. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us are on social media, on Instagram, like follow design studios. Like, you know, use your downtime to build up your knowledge of what's happening in the industry. I think the AIGA is great. Like, know people, know what's going on.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I am a huge fan of being extroverted, right? So, like, I'm as extroverted as it gets. I'll talk to anybody. Um, But on social media with, like, a lot of these agencies that you mentioned, like, follow them message them, connect, create, try to create a dialogue that offers both you and that agency some value. Don't come right out of the gate and say, Hey, do you got internships? You could say something like, Hey, I really enjoyed your portfolio. Uh, please send my regards to the designers. Right. And I know that that would make a a world of difference to the design team, which in some circumstances doesn't get a lot. (laughs) No, notice right you
1: know i think one way of doing that that I, I like to tell my students a safe way to to kind of build your confidence is to use your alumni network so i always tell my students i say the same thing i'm like okay i want you to imagine yourself it's 10 years from now you're working at this great firm and i have a student that comes in that has told me like this is their dream job so i reach out to you and i say hey would you be willing to you know have coffee with the student or jump on yep. a call for half an hour give them some advice what would you say? And they always say, absolutely, of course, I'm going to help. I said, okay, now those people are out there. So now you are the student. So I I think that starting with a network that you feel safe in is a good way of kind of testing the water and building your confidence to then cold call and, you know, do those messages to people you don't know.
0: You want to hear a heartwarming, heartwarming uh,
1: story? Of course I do. Uh,
0: And I know you'll, you'll appreciate this because I'm sure you've had similar moments. So I had, a des- uh, I had a design student at Point Park University where I adjunct and he's in my intro to web class. And, you know, nice, nice kid, uh, but timid, right? He's approaching, comp- you know, uh, programming languages for the first time, user interface design for the first time. And, you know, he, he had some struggles with it, but he got through it. Was his work the best? No. Did he complain? No, he did not complain once. Um, And he came up to me after the class was over and said that he really enjoyed having me for class, enjoyed my teaching style. He ended up taking the SQL course, the advanced web class. And that whole class was about user interface and user experience. And it was then like, I turned the key and, and pushed the door open and he walked through it because as soon as we started this five month long project, only one project, it was, uh, you, had to in, you had to basically invent your own operating system and then do all of the user interface for it across uh, laptop, phone, tablet, and a video game console. He loved it and he was thriving. He's like, I never even knew this was something that I could do, right? Um, two things happened at the end of that class. So like this whole new world was open to him. He did two very, very smart things. He he came back to me and said, I want to learn more. So I pointed him toward the Interaction Design Foundation, if you're familiar with it. And I said, create an account and take all the classes because their certifications are recognized by all of like the Fortune 500 companies globally. That's a big deal. And then the second thing was, uh, he's like, do you know anybody that I could talk to more about this? And I said, "You, you bet your butt I do. Yeah. So then I, I connected him with um, a former student of mine from another college uh, way back, like going almost 10 years back. And now like he's got a mentor, right? That's awesome. and, and that mentorship, if it proves sustainable is going to turn into a job for this kid. And then ideally he'll be able to create a specialization for himself within this industry which would be interactive design, user interface, right? And uh, it just goes to show you how like, how far you can go when you just say yes. Exactly. And you're inquisitive yeah. and curious.
1: And I always say like the worst thing someone can say is no, or just ignore you. Like right. that's it. So there it's really, you know, there, there's not much um, on the table if you put yourself out there. And, and I think with that, you know I think students need to hear this, like LinkedIn as you know, corporate as you might think it is, it's valuable. Like, cause you can go on there and you can look up RJ and you can see who he's connected to. And then you can email him and say, Hey, I saw you're connected to so-and-so. Like, do you think it'd be weird if I reach out? Like you have that in-between person. So it is really valuable. So
0: all of that took place. I connected them on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's where you and I might've connected the first time too. So I'm on there, you're on there. And we're both pretty active. So
0: quite, quite likely, you know, I actually spend most of my time on Twitter
1: I had to find I. I, This is I I shouldn't talk politics, but I actually didn't join Twitter until recently because I couldn't like I didn't want to see anything. Now I'm good on Twitter, so I'll find you.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm new uh, on
1: Twitter. (laughs) I'm like (laughs) (laughs) it's 2021, and I just joined Twitter. No, but (laughs) that's
0: that's that's quite all right. Uh, There's a uh, so uh, shout out to hashtag marketing Twitter. It's a thread of thousands of people that just. Connect and it's a it's an amazing community. I'll I'll introduce you to it. It's so
1: hard for me not to want to interview you because I want to know like how you were drawn from design to marketing because it, it is interesting. Um, I'll talk you to know, you about it when we talk. We don't have to do yes, it now.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll save <laughs> it for your podcast. Okay. <laughs> long story short, I think from and I can get it mo- more elaborate in my explanation there, but I had always been doing marketing. Got in, it. Just not in the conventional ways, you know, I was taking on clients, building their websites, writing their copy, managing their social. So it was always something that I was doing. Um, And I just kind of migrated into a marketing position, uh, kind of organically. Okay. So, uh, funny,
1: I do all those things too. Maybe I should be marketing too.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know, run, you know, extend out those revenue streams. Right. (laughs) So, uh, Abby, we're, we're wrapping up at the end here. I, I want, uh, I would like you to, uh, share any, um, if, if you can, like, how can my, Uh, listeners learn more about you, about the podcast, about your work in general. If they have questions, can they reach out? So on and so forth.
1: Sure, sure. I got a lot of info. So my own own design business is called Abby Ryan Design. And so it's just simply abbyryandesign.com. And I'm sure you can Google if spelling is off. Um, And the podcast is called Design Together. And it's a podcast all about how we design together. So it's about collaboration with creatives and non-creatives and audiences and stakeholders. And, and that there's a website, it's designed together pod.com, but I'm also on all of the podcast platforms. Um, and yeah, and, and both of them have contact forms. So I'd love to hear from anyone.
0: Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned everyone. I will be on, uh, Abby's podcast at some point in the near future, I think we're recording next
1: week. We are, and I'll start yeah. releasing in March for season two. So, it, oh, great! Okay, okay. So,
0: so your episode will precede uh, mine. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was uh, wonderful, and I'm looking forward to that next episode, and then the one after that, and the one after <laughs> that, and those those last two will be a back to back episode on on networking. See, I'm already planning out the future. Great! I love um, it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.